up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Have you made any espresso yet? Oh, yes, we have made some espresso. We're getting really good at it. That didn't take very long. I'm so excited. We've been steaming some milk. We've been burning our hands. We've been... Oh, gosh, what have we been making? I made an Americano this morning. That was delicious. I tried to make an Americano last night, but it just didn't go very well. You know, I'm learning. I'm not a barista. Not a barista, Chris. Right, yes. We can't all be. I can't wait for our episode on it, though. I think by the time we actually record an episode on coffee, I'll be a pro. I'll be just like you. I've actually never really made espresso, so. Have you ever made Nespresso? Yes. That stuff is the worst. I think it's pretty good. I think it's instant coffee stuff. So there's like a, we have an espresso machine that is, it's kind of like a Keurig. It takes little, little Nespresso pods and they're actually pretty good. For espresso, like okay, it's pretty solid. I stand corrected. Yeah, it's it's the the little thing that they'll make like samples for you at William Sonoma with. So if if we do some of an episode on coffee, and as part of this coffee episode, we start introducing things like pumpkin spice and nutmeg and allspice, maybe if we're feeling a little a little adventurous, then I don't know, might we be diving into another category of, say, a certain set of cocktails, Chris? I don't think so. What? No, no. Come on. If you're adding nutmeg to your coffee, that is not a cocktail, Phil. I'm sorry. But what if you... That's I don't mm. A coffee. <laughs> right, it's a coffee. But then you can add other things to make it a cocktail. Okay, so if you're talking about things like a pumpkin spice latte, that's pretty much just coffee, bad flavored, super sweet syrup, and some steamed milk. And by coffee, I mean espresso. Sure. Again, not, not a cocktail, Phil. Sorry. But then if you added, are you tracking with me, maybe one other ingredient you might have a cocktail uh, everclear sure we can go with that you'd have something i don't know at this point the pumpkin spice is probably gonna drown it out <laughs> i don't know if anybody's gonna consider that like a cocktail worth having but yeah sure you can you can do that okay phil i think i think i kind of know what you're, you're attempting to get at because obviously i would hope so obviously like we talked about what we we're gonna cover in this episode beforehand and the episode is even like titled this so all of the listeners know that we're talking about the sixth cocktail in our kind of uh fundamental cocktails series called the flip which was also a nickname of mine in high school oh really i mean i, rem- yeah, I remember me flip i remember some of your nicknames i, I had I, a lot i don't remember that one yeah uh so here's a question phil before like diving into this cocktail series had you heard of the flip Full disclosure, I had not heard of the flip. I've heard and even made several of the cocktails that are... Maybe variations? Subsidiary to the flip, but no, I, I, I had not heard of the flip as a standalone cocktail, no. Yeah. And had you? No, not not before I started this little rabbit hole of my own. So it, it was it was definitely new to me as well. It's kind of an interesting cocktail and a little on the different side. 
So if we're just to talk about like what the flip is in terms of today, it's two ounces of a spirit or it actually doesn't even have to be a spirit. Um, It could be like something like a sherry, like a fortified wine, a half ounce of kind of like a a Demerara gum syrup, but like a half ounce of simple is totally fine as well. A whole egg and some type of garnish, like oftentimes nutmeg is used. So that's, you know, not something that we're really, really used to with a cocktail, like putting a whole entire egg in it. You know, obviously we, we talked about with the daiquiri and the sours that go along with that category about using maybe an egg white, but not a whole entire sure, egg. Sure, yeah, those generally just have the whites, but to have the actual egg yolk in it as well is a little trippy. Yeah, so the flip is, actually, if, if we step back and, and think about the cocktails that we've talked about so far. So we had the Old Fashioned and the Martini. And those are a little bit more uh, spirit forward. They're sipping drinks. They're contemplative. They're, they're a little bit on the stronger side. Super classic. And then you have this whole slew of drinks that are a lot more refreshing. So, you know, your daiquiri is bright and, and clean and a sidecar still has that bright citrus to it. And highballs, an effervescent club soda or, you know, earlier we were talking about a Moscow mule. And, and that's totally, you know, in that highball category. But they're just all these refreshing cocktails. And then there's the flip, which is probably like maybe a little bit more decadent. It's it's obviously like a way more rich drink than anything else that we've talked about. And it probably falls into kind of the dessert drink type category. Do you think we're covering this too early in the year? A flip? No, I think you can well, have I mean, a flip it's, at any point in time. Yeah, I guess so. It's just... It's a cozy drink. I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, it's a cozy drink, you know, kind of enjoyed around the fireplace at Christmas time. Sure. But people can listen to this episode anytime they want. Yeah, not necessarily. Not, and uh, like the flip in and of itself, like in a, in a super classic flip, yeah, you have that nutmeg. And that is obviously like way more of a holiday spice. But there are a lot of variations that, and actually one of my favorite, is probably more of a summer drink. And we can maybe okay. get to that later. But kind of with, with all of these, we can dive into some origins of the flip. I mean, it's, it's something that's been around for a really long time. Like the actual origins of the cocktail really go back to the 1600s. And it was a little different back then. It was actually an ale that was warmed up by the fire, like almost to the point of boiling. And then they pulled it out and they would put like either rum or brandy in a, a glass with sugar, spices, and an egg. And then they would mix that up with the ale. And then at the end, they would they would take something kind of like a, a fire poker mm-hmm. or like they, they ended up having something specialized, a specialized tool for this, but more or less an iron that was in the fire, heated till it was red hot, and then they'd plunge it into the drink and it would like cause it to boil and aerate the drink and create this interesting like caramelization thing going on. Almost like a froth, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so the, the, the that flip is a little different than the flip that you know we're talking about now. It's a little weird sounding, actually. I kind of want to try it. Well, that's really a shame that we're not doing that anymore because that sounds amazing. I think we should 100% try it the next time we're together, Phil. We just have a gas fireplace. That'll work, right? Uh, sure. I've got a fire pit. We could try it on that. Okay. So actually, one thing that's interesting about the flip is it brings up a person that we, oddly enough, haven't actually talked about in our cocktail series. And it's this guy named Jerry Thomas. Okay, Jerry Thomas. Jerry Thomas. So really, if you're if you're starting to dive into cocktail history at all, he is going to be one of the first people that come up. You know, he's, he's often called the, the father of American mixology. He wrote the very first 
published cocktail book in America back in 1862. Several titles. It was called How to Mix Drinks or The Bartender's Guide or The Bon Vivant's Companion. That might be my personal favorite there. But uh, Yeah, what a cool name. Seriously, like the he was the guy. He was the really the founder of so many of the the forms that we now consider our modern cocktails. In his seminal work, he does mention the flip. And that's the first time that the the flip, as we know it, was it's a, a spirit that is balanced with a fat of some sort and spiced with actual spices usually. So if we were to take rum, milk, and... And that's not, that's not a good, good example. All right, we're, we're, we're kind of talking holidays a minute ago. So if we were to take rum, eggnog, and nutmeg, that would be Jerry Springer's, or what was his name, Jerry? What was it? <laughs> yes, Jerry Springer. <laughs> that would be his flip, right? Yeah. yeah. No, uh, Jerry Springer makes a lot of flips. At that point in time, there actually was the beginnings of a distinction between a flip and a nog, and the, the main difference being, you know, cream, where a flip is a spirit sugar and an egg where like a, a, a nog is kind of the same thing spirit sugar egg and cream so like really that's i mean that's that's what eggnog is and some spices did you know i didn't even know that eggnog was eggnog until like last christmas you mean like eggnog was like an alcoholic beverage yeah i honestly <laughs> had no clue yeah somebody yeah. somebody made some for me and they're like hey do you want some eggnog i actually just made it made my own batch and I was like, ah, oh, I didn't know you could do that. And I tried it and I was like, whoa, what's this? And yeah, I've been living under a rock this whole time. Made from scratch eggnog is really, really good. I actually really like it. It's, yeah, it was delicious. It's not quite the same as the stuff that you buy in the stores by by any means. Obviously, because you're you're putting like brandy or something in it. Okay, so this flip really does actually ultimately encompass a lot of drinks that we might be a little bit more familiar with. Things like uh, a mudslide or a grasshopper, a white Russian. All of those are delicious drinks. I don't know if I've had a grasshopper. Yeah, I'm not sure I've actually had one. Like I know what it is. With it's got like mint and like creme de menthe and stuff. Can we talk about the white Russian for a minute? Yeah. Okay. Are you particularly so the fond Big Lebowski? Of it? That's the only association that I have with it, and that's such a fantastic movie. It is, and I I have to admit I have not had one, Phil. Oh, they're really tasty. So it's basically uh, vodka. It's got some liqueur to it, like a like a, like a coffee liqueur. I should mention. Uh, it's typically used with half and half, and I want to say it's equal parts. It might be dealer's choice. I think you can go a little heavy on the vodka if you want. Maybe an ounce and a half of vodka, an ounce of coffee liqueur, and then an ounce of half and half. I'm making you one of these next time you're here. They're so good. Okay, so we're going to make a flip and a white Russian and watch the Big Lebowski. What a great idea. There's this one part in the Big Lebowski when he is kind of like rummaging through some ingredients and all he can find. Is, and, and and maybe we should mention if you haven't seen the movie, that's his drink. He makes a white Russian in just about every scene. And Jeff Bridges is kind of like thumbing through this cabinet to try to find some ingredients to make a white Russian. And all he can find is the non-dairy creamer powder. And it's just such a funny scene when he's like pouring this into his into his coffee liqueur and and rum and mixes it all together or vodka, I should say. And it's so funny. It's so, such a good movie. I love that scene. I can see how a lot of the drinks that we've mentioned so far feel a little holiday winter ish, Phil. But I think one you're of, suggesting there's another one. I think one of my favorite 
kind of flip variations. Actually, I don't know, to me, it's maybe more of a summer drink. It comes from New Orleans, and it's a little drink called the uh, Ramos Gin Fizz. Wait, is it the what now? The Ramos Gin Fizz. Ramos Gin Fizz, okay. And it's, it's a super interesting drink. And I think most bartenders probably absolutely hate it. So <laughs> just because it's a, a lot of work to make. A lot it, of work to say. Yeah. So like the basic, the basic ingredients, you have two ounces of gin, three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup, a half ounce of heavy cream, half ounce of lemon, a half ounce of lime, three dashes of orange flower water or orange blossom water, a whole egg, and then it's topped with club soda. So... This is a drink wow. kind of unlike any other that I think I've had. To actually make this, you start out by putting pretty much everything except for the club soda in, in like a cocktail tin. And this is one that you wouldn't dry shake. And that's something that we didn't talk about with a, with the standard flip. A standard flip, since it has an egg in it, do like a dry shake ahead of time, throw some ice in there, do a wet shake, and then double strain that out. The Ramos Gin Fizz skips that dry shake step. And I think it actually works the best with like one large block of ice to start with. And I want to say that the original recipe basically called for you to to fill your shaker with ice, with all these ingredients, and then literally shake it until all of the ice has melted. Oh my. Yeah. Bartenders hate this drink. Yeah. So typically it's thought that you would be shaking this one drink for 10 to 15 minutes. That would be like if you ordered a piece of toast at a restaurant, and then you asked the cook to hand churn the butter for the toast, you better leave a good tip. That's all I'm saying. It's definitely an interesting cocktail. I I think there are a lot of different ways that people have come up with to try and combat the challenge of the the Ramos Gin Fizz. It might be that it's passed back and forth between different bartenders. And then there are some like kind of cheats, some some workarounds. You can actually some, some people use like a, a, an ISI whipper kind of to make whipped cream. They'll, they'll use that to kind of create some of this aeration in the cream. And and that's the thing that's really interesting about this drink. Not like it, it is, it's kind of creamy. It's like a, it's kind of like a Sprite float, like an adult Sprite float because you get that lemon lime, but it has that creaminess that you might get from like ice cream or something. But the, the drink itself, like you, you shake it for absolutely ever until your arms feel like they're going to fall off, pour it into a highball and I've also seen that like it's best to put that highball then into the freezer for a few minutes, like three to five minutes. It just keeps getting longer and longer. Yeah. Poor and so, you know, you have this heavy cream, you have all of these rich ingredients, the proteins and the eggs. And after all of that shaking, it's it's starting to get like almost, almost kind of close-ish to like a whipped cream consistency. And yeah, I was going to say, if you're just like continuing to whip or shake this cream, eventually it's going to or the milk, rather, it's going to eventually turn into basically cream or butter. Yeah, you, you have enough liquid in there to keep it to keep it from doing that. Just because, like, all of your ice is melting, you've you've got your your alcohol, which is probably hampering that process a bit as well. But it's very thick and frothy, and so you you pull that highball out and then pour your club soda in, and you get this frothy head that rises from the glass in just a column straight up. And if you've done it right. That column should come up above your glass by a, a couple to a few inches. And it's just a super, super interesting drink. Really great flavors, really refreshing, but an absolute pain to make. 
Are you going to make me one of these, Chris? Nope. Nope. I'll show oh, you. I'll sh- come on. You have to. You have to make one for Instagram. I'll show you how to make it. I'll let you shake it. Okay. That's fair. Okay. So do you think a pina colada would be a flip? Yeah. I think I think it could. The, the fat of the coconut cream could definitely fall into this flip style or at least a, a flip adjacent category. Well, that leads me into some questions for you, Chris. Obviously, we've talked a lot about, you know, some some derivatives of these drinks. We've we've had some fun with it. We've surprised ourselves, I think, as to what some of these derivatives of drinks are. Like, for example, we've we've brought this up many, many times. The, the, The fact that a Manhattan is really just a derivative of the martini just continues to baffle me and so actually it's probably another way around i think we talked about that i think the manhattan actually what did i say oh that's true the manhattan did come first but then the martini that's fine but yeah they're the same thing that's like the same it's the same formula same formula that leads me to wonder chris if i were to mention a few of these cocktails would you be able on the fly to decide what's it go to if the Manhattan is a martini, then I don't know. What's a mint julep, Chris? Uh, a julep is an old-fashioned. That one's pretty easy. Yeah, okay, that okay. was a little easy so, one. So actually, we just made juleps uh, last night or the night before. Really fantastic drink. But yeah, it's it's like two ounces of, it should be nothing other than a bourbon. Some simple. And if like your spice there is going to be the mint and some, a lot of crushed ice. And so it's a, it's a diluted old-fashioned, but it's an old-fashioned nonetheless. It's delicious. All right. Uh, This one is actually my favorite cocktail. I I think I've probably mentioned I have a lot of favorite cocktails because, I don't know, I'm an egalitarian, if we're being honest. But if I actually had a favorite cocktail, this would be it. And it's the Negroni. I think that's what you're going to say. And what would that fall under, Chris? The Negroni. So, I don't know. It, It might be closer to a martini in spec. Like in formula. I believe that is correct. Because you have, like obviously a Negroni, equal parts, gin, Campari, and dry vermouth. So you're balancing a spirit with a vermouth of some sort. And your your spirit, your core there is actually split between the gin and the Campari. That's, that's what I would say, Phil. Very well said. How about a gimlet? A gimlet is definitely going to be in the daiquiri family. I mean, it's pretty much the same. It's as basically a, just a daiquiri. daiquiri with gin. Yeah, it's two ounces of gin, one ounce of lime juice. You've got some simple and a lime wedge. And those are delicious. If you haven't had a gimlet, really you, good. Should, you should order Fan, a gimlet. Fantastic drink. Not to be confused with the margarita, because the margarita is not a daiquiri. It is a... Well, he talks about this one, though, Phil. It's more in the I sidecar know, family. Not, people, sidecar. not everybody's listened. That's right. It's more of in the sidecar family. That's their problem, not mine. So sidecar, uh, you know, a, a sidecar is brandy, lime, and orange liqueur, like a Cointreau or a triple sec. And that's pretty much what a, did I say lime? It's actually lemon. But that's pretty much what a margarita is. Tequila, like I'd say it, like the ideal margarita is a couple ounces of tequila, an ounce of lime, and say like a half ounce of Cointreau. Yeah, I actually just made this the other day, and I served it up neat, and I gave it to Ashley, and I'm like, what do you think of this? And she tasted it. She's like, man, this seems really familiar, but I can't really place my finger on it. Like, what is this? And I was like, that right there, dear, is a margarita. And I don't think we're ever going to order that mix again. It's oh, delicious. No, that's, that's how it should be made. And you can obviously like use that as base, 
and have fun with it, which kind of is the whole idea with all of these is it's just kind of like this template that you can use to experiment with. But yeah, 100% my favorite margarita is that spec. And honestly, throw that in like an old fashioned glass with a, a single big uh, rock of ice. And yeah. Have you ever made for yourself an Americano? And this is not in the coffee variety. I don't know if I actually have, but you're talking about, I don't remember the exact specs, but is in a, like a one-to-one split between um, Campari and like Antica vermouth? Oh, you're very close. It's Campari. It's sweet vermouth. And this is the thing that gives it away. You've got four ounces of cold seltzer. Yeah. Which makes it a... Oh, Phil, it's probably falling into the highball category. Yes, it's a highball. You can't forget your garnish, typically with an orange. Do we need to go on? I feel like we're all experts at this. Well, Phil, do you have any more on your list? Well, no, I don't, which is why I'm wondering if we need to continue to go on. (laughs) Those are the only ones I wrote down. I'm super curious about these flips, though. I want to dive into them. I might make myself a pina colada just so I can decide whether it is or is not a flip. I'm definitely going to heat up some iron and I'm going to poke that inside my ale and that's going to be delicious. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, for me, it's been an interesting, an interesting rabbit hole just to experience new things, new flavors. Honestly, it's, it's kind of mirrored like a little bit of a journey in the kitchen where there's just this element of, of finding the balance in dishes. And it's kind of similar to finding the balance in, in cocktails and learning what all these different things do. And then from there, being able to, to branch out and kind of sub some different things in and make your own variations on a lot of these drinks. Because you will see that there are some some pretty common themes that you run into. And obviously a lot of people have thought over the years that there are kind of these these core foundational drinks. So a lot of this series, you know, it, it did start with David Embry, but really a lot of what we have gone into is covered in a book called The Cocktail Codex. And it is written by Alex Day, David Kaplan, and Nick Foshold, probably slaughtering his name. But three absolutely fantastic mixologists. A couple of them you know, are behind another cocktail book called Death & Co., which is named after the bar that they started called Death & Co. I mean, if you wanted to learn a little bit more, Cocktail Codex is a, a really, really great place to start. Dives into a lot of the basic techniques and builds up to some really advanced things as well. And all of those can be found in our show notes, which can be found by checking out our website at dadskitchenco.com. So it started with David Embry and it ended with Jerry Springer. And Phil, I have so many drinks that I want to make for you now. I'm ready, Chris. I feel like you're the one holding back. I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, we might need to start with the last word. And it's ironic, so. Sure. You said start with the last word. Yeah. Yeah. I love irony. I'm not sure it loves me. (laughs) 